Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Mark Lachance on like, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Michael? I am awesome. Really looking forward to this conversation. Why don't you share a little bit about you with the audience and we'll dive right in. A little bit about me. All right. So I'm 52 years old. Believe it or not, Michael, I know I look 35, but I'm 52. (laughs) Um, So I've been uh, been in business for about, I'll call it about 30 years now. Um, Have had four successful exits. I've had a colossal failure, which we might want to get into. And uh, Suffered with uh, depression, anxiety, and the crazy stuff that goes along with uh, near bankruptcy, and fought back to uh, you know to make it happen. I'm doing pretty well now. We're running a a company in the performance marketing space, dominating TikTok and having lots of fun, and uh, grew a company from so. Give you a quick quick story about recently. So, grew a company from two employees all the way up to almost three hundred in the last four years, and uh, having lots of fun. So that's kind of an overview. That's amazing and definitely capitalizing on, you know, quite frankly, probably one of the most popular social media platforms out there for a variety of reasons. It's it's fun. I mean, TikTok is great for all kinds of different interests, you know, to laugh, to get educated, to you name it. There's everything's out there and that uh, you were able to capitalize in that market. That's great. So, yeah, obviously four successful exits. There's obviously a method to being able to do that. You know, doing it once is awesome to be able to do it four different times, you know, speaks volumes about, you know, what you've learned. But yeah, the failure side of things, you know, it's like I'm sure the lessons learned from that helped with the others. I'm not sure where it fell in between in, in those, you know, couple of decades that you've been working where it fell. But, you know, if you want to share a little bit about that, and obviously, you know, with anxiety, depression, those are never fun experiences to deal with. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't know anybody that signs up. It's like, you know what, that's going to be my life goal for 2023. I'm going to be full of anxiety and depressed. Let's, let's sign up. What do I need to do? But no, if you feel, feel free to share a little bit about that. What was that experience like? Well, look, I would say that the while it was a colossal failure and it really, if I could use the word sucked going through it, it did. Um, but I would say it ranks as number one as the biggest learning experience in my life. So, you know, go back to, you remember the years 20, 2006, 2004, 5, 6, where the real estate market was rocking and rolling. So in 2006, I actually sold my shares in a company that I started in 2001 and I walked away with several millions of dollars. And I was, I was in fully intending to get back into the same business, the same space that I was in, uh, payments. And then I was presented with an opportunity that was too good to be true, Michael, too good to be true in the real estate space in 2006. Remember that year. So anyway, I get into this deal and it, it was actually very cool and interesting because it was to buy a an old defunct recording studio in Northern Canada, which was the, the Abbey road of North America. So all the, you know, all the bands that, you know, that we know, uh, growing up like uh, Rolling Stones, Sting, Celine Dion, uh, the Bee Gees, uh, Rush did all of their albums at this place. It was, you know, walking through this place was a mecca of music. Uh, 
Um, so it was so cool to, to see all the gold and platinum records on the wall. So the, the idea was we were going to buy this place as the centerpiece and then build luxury homes around the lake. So buy 200 acres around the lake and buy this place as the sort of the clubhouse. So we went ahead and did that. Lo and behold, I, I come to find out that my partner isn't who he said he was. And, you know, 2007 hits and real estate values go to zero. I find myself in London throwing paper airplanes across the, the aisleway at the trade show with the Sotheby's, <laughs> Sotheby's agents and zero sales. So basically, you know, I poured all the, the winnings, I'll call it, from my, my sale in 2006 into this thing and, you know, uh, pretty much went upside down this close to bankruptcy. And that's where the anxiety, depression, you know, sort of, I'm a failure I thought process came into my, my brain. And, but from there, you know, at some point you got to dig your way out and you re, you hit a bottom and, you know, you find a way out of it, which, which I did. But again, that was the biggest learning experience on many fronts, uh, in my life, I'll have to say. Well, of course, so many life lessons there. One, you know, the the business partner that actually wasn't who you thought they'd be. And well, and- here's a life lesson on that one. Anytime you're going to do business with somebody and his credit card continually declines, think again. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a hint. Yeah, it's like, hmm, wait a minute. You know, it's like, <laughs> uh, why is that happening? You know, if there if there's a system outage, you know, which. In Canada, there was one not too long ago with Rogers, and I get that. That's one thing, but you know, it, you know, when it's happening just in normal operations, you're like, hmm, that's not good. Plus, toss in the timing. Yeah, that 2007 to 2009 window was devastating in the housing sector uh, throughout North America, and you know, house prices you know, just plummeted. And yeah, you can go, hmm, wait a minute. I thought you said real estate was a good investment. It is, <laughs> but yeah, that not the timing of it is, is everything, you know, and, and unfortunately your timing was, um, was not good, not by your fault, you know, just everything kind of hit at the same time. And, and people dug out of that. And, you know, now we look at what's going on with the markets now and we go, hmm, are we going to revisit that again? Well, we just take a peek and stand over on the side here and we'll just kind of observe and see. But it, again, it's one of those things you learn from those things. And you go, all right. And once you got past the depression and the anxiety and all of that, and my hunch is you, you found your self-confidence again. And then you're like, okay, I was able to build successful business, exited millions of dollars. Who says I can't do that again? And that's, exactly. I see that as a common trait with entrepreneurs that do have success is I can do this again. It's, and sometimes, you know, it, it's not cockiness, it's confidence. And it's, I, I know the steps it takes because there's certain steps that you take in order to be successful. And if you follow that, roadmap, you know, okay, adjust along the way, you're setting yourself up for success as long as you, know, you don't have economies crashing and, and bad business partners and all that playing into the mix. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. I mean, again, it's a learning experience you go through and then you, you reach a point where you look back and you acknowledge what have I done in the past? You know, where have I been successful? Why is this successful? So, you know, from that point, I had to to look back and say, look, I know the payments business. I understand the Canadian marketplace. So 
you know, I, I went out and found an opportunity and, and made that happen, which was another story in and of itself. But that was that that's a great success story. And you're right. You look back. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. It's not cockiness. It's confidence. And, you know, you get back on your horse. If you're a winner, you get back on your horse. If you're, you know, not a winner, you let, uh, you let, you know, that, that take you down the tubes and, you know, you're done, but that's not my story. And I'm not going to let it be my story. That's good. Yeah. You don't subscribe to the victim mentality where woe is me. It's, it's their fault. You know what? No, it's like, I was there too. Does that happen these days, Michael? Does that happen? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. Um, no, I'm not going to mention any names. But yes, it does, unfortunately. And yeah, it's and it's a choice. And you know, I, I tell people you can you can be a winner or you can play the victim. That's your choice. Absolutely. Um, I I prefer winning. Um, it's it, it it the champagne tastes better, or the, the food <laughs> the food tastes better, or just life tastes better when you're when you're making an impact and doing things that you love doing. And I, I find that with a lot of entrepreneurs that are successful, like yourself, is you enjoy doing things. You enjoy not only the work, but you also enjoy you know what can come of that work and you know the life experiences and travel and yeah we get to travel again ladies and gentlemen i know that's sometimes a shock <laughs> for some people depending on where you're at maybe not so much but ultimately you get to do all of these things and it it re-energizes you and it, it's just i i find again with entrepreneurs that creative spirit just keeps flowing even though you're in business number five six seven or eight you're still like this is great you're you're it's like day one where you're just so eager and energetic to, to take on the world. And when you have that, it just makes, makes time fly so much. And you Absolutely. realize what in the world, how in the world is it August already? What the heck? You know, I'm like, <laughs> Almost you know, September. I know. You that. Can, yeah. can, Canadian summers are a week. Come on, man. Oh, we know what's coming. Uh, well, that's but, why I moved to Florida, Michael. So no more Canadian summers or Canadian winters. You smart. And, yeah. and, we have no, and we have no hair, so we need to be where it's warm. Exactly. But the money we save on hair products can be invested otherwise. So There you go. That's I, right. I, I, I was in the store the other day, and I walked down. I was looking for some body wash for my better half and walked in. It was on the same aisle of shampoo, and I'm walking by the shampoo, and I'm like looking. I'm like, oh, they changed their logo. That's interesting. Okay. Just can continue on walking. You know, it's like, oh, interesting brand. Why would they do that? But, you know, I get it. Uh, but so where do you see things going? I mean, the work that you do. You know, obviously, you know, payments industry and all that kind of stuff and all the other fun stuff you get to do. What, where do you see things going um, in the markets over the next few years? You know, as far as I, I think this pandemic fast forwarded some things. Obviously, it, it kind of shut a lot of things down, but there were a lot of initiatives that organizations were wanting to roll out, but there was, it seemed like roadblocks. And because we had to open things up and be creative, it, it seemed like it eliminated a lot of roadblocks to open up for some innovation. Now, I'm hoping that stays the same, but it doesn't you know, get overregulated again. But I'm just curious to see your, and hear your thoughts on that. Well, where's the market going? I mean, there's many different markets. So number one, the overall, let's call stock market or the equity markets. I think if we had a if we had a, a a bug and we can go into the Federal Reserve's board meetings, we find out. So I think everything's going to be driven by them. Do they continue to open the spigot 
and keep cash flowing, which they still are. They said they're going to taper, but they're not, as you know it. They're buying. They're still buying, buying bonds and buying debt all over the place. So, stock market's still high. So it, it all depends on them. But as far as let's say businesses like myself or or yourself, I think you're always going to find opportunity. I, I think there's always a chance to make it if you're if you don't have that victim mentality. If you don't say, "Oh, the Fed stopped pumping money into the economy, it's over," blah blah. Woe is me. There's always opportunity, and I think if you're stockpiling cash right now, is what I would do. I would stockpile cash because if there is an eventual crash, a massive crash, then you are you have opportunities to buy things on the cheap, like real estate, like businesses that are that are floundering. So I think right now is a great opportunity to put cash on the side and just you know either wait it out. I mean, not not wait out. It's not the right word, but continue to to hustle and put cash on the side, and then and see what happens in the, in the future. That's great advice. And again, not financial advice. It, it was a great suggestion. I don't want anybody saying <laughs> Mark said to do this, so I bought this company, and you know the guy sold it to me from the back of a Dodge Neon. It, it's legit, right? It's like mm, I don't know. I'd have to look at the terms and conditions, but I, I I agree that I think that. There's obviously the writings on the wall that there could be a downturn on certain things. And again, if you have uh, a cash position available, as a good friend of mine, also named Mark, ironically, likes to say, tragedy creates opportunity. And you know, there's opportunities. If a business fails or is struggling, you can go in and make an acquisition and and be able to do something really beneficial from it, like saving a company, for example. That's a pretty sweet thing to be able to do. Uh, or or get into a market that you've been wanting to get into, but the entry fee has been too high because just you know it, it wasn't easy to get in. But then you see the opportunity. Go, okay, well, now I'm in this marketplace. This is going to do... XYZ or XYZ, depending on where you're listening. Um, and as an American and Canadian citizen, it's like I always have to remember who am I talking to? It's like, okay. Are so you I a say, dual? You're a dual? I, I'm a dual. So, so I, am I. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, so we get to vote and screw up two countries. It's crazy. <laughs> there it is. And, and then we don't say who we vote for because half the audience will go click. You know, well, uh, then you don't want me to say who I wouldn't vote for in Canada. But anyway, we won't, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I could read between the tea leaves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I moved from there. So you, you probably know why I moved from there to Florida. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's Florida is a very, very good state to, for business growth. Business friendly, we'll call it. How about that? Business friendly state. Business friendly, vitamin D friendly. Um yeah, because that's that's something that Canadians we have to take it in <laughs> either Jameson or other branded bottles of vitamin D. Where in Florida, it's actually delivered from the sky. It's pretty that's neat. A, it's it's cool, a, it's, right? a, it's like huh, and it, it's you know winter jacket. You know, although you'll see the locals will wear them when it gets to be about forty five degrees. Here's a funny Fahrenheit. story for you. Here's a funny story for you. So, a uh, gentleman who used to work for me, he's a good friend of mine. He's actually staying at my house right now. He picked me up at the airport on Sunday with a winter jacket on. I'm like, but when we were in Canada, when you're in Montreal, you used to wear shorts and a t-shirt in the winter. Like, what's going on here? Winter jacket in Florida in the summer, shorts and a t-shirt in the winter in Canada. Like, something going on here. Anyway. 
exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I wear shorts all the time and it's like, okay, I'm going to fight this. Okay. I'll put on a vest. All right, good. I'm still wearing the shorts. It's like, I'll just walk faster. No big deal. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, I think that's, you know, going back to what you said before, I, you know, the opportunities. And I think as an entrepreneur, when you're doing the work you love and you've got your life set up in such a way where you're able to be productive, but also enjoy life as well. You're more relaxed. You, you feel better. You don't have you know, as much of the, the drain that you see so many new entrepreneurs struggle with. And what happens is you see opportunities because if you're so busy working on things, you're not going to see an opportunity. So you got to build in some time just to kind of, okay, what, what's it like out? What's going on? Look, there's another component to that though. There's also, if you have cash flow cash generating businesses, right? So that gives you an opportunity. So I've got right now uh, five businesses, two of them are generating, you know, recurring revenue or passive income. And if you've got that along with the ability to, to relate, that gives you the ability to relax because financial stress is the worst stress. But if, you know, for all, I assume your listeners are entrepreneurs, um, you want to build businesses that are recurring, uh, that are creating or generating recurring revenue or passive cash flow, because that gives you the opportunity to relax every single day, to get into your zone and to make decisions, not from fear, but from, you know, a, a place of power uh, versus, you know, making decisions from fear, which is the worst place to be. So anyway, that's kind of my, my offshoot. Yeah, I agree with you. Financial stress is the worst thing. I do a lot of talks about burnout and I always say that the financial stress is probably the one that causes the most grief for people because one, they can't do the things that they want to do. Absolutely. Number two, they have difficulty paying their bills. And as much as we complain about paying our bills, we do like the fact that we can, we can pay our bills. Exactly. Yeah. And when we can't, it's not a fun feeling because you're like, you feel bad. You feel like you've let down somebody else. You're, it's an ego hit to you. It's just a mess. So entrepreneurs, as Marcus said, I definitely agree with generate ideas and create things with passive income so you can kind of navigate around. And the beautiful thing about that too is when you get multiple sources of revenue coming in, it's not straight. 15th and the 30th, like that job you used to have, it, it, it ebbs and flows. There are seasons where things kind of go. And when you have different sources, that helps. So when a particular time drops a little bit, something else is having a busy season. So think about that as you're planning and creating ideas to, uh, to grow your business. Absolutely. Good so point. Mark, I love this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? Well, I uh, recently wrote a book called The Lucky Formula. It's right here. It's a bestseller on the Wall Street Journal and uh, USA Today bestseller. So we've got a website called theluckyformula.com. But what I'd like to give you, your uh, listeners a free gift, which is a, the lucky quiz. So you can find that, find that at theluckyformula.com slash quiz. And if you go there, that'll give you your, your lucky score. On a, it scores you on a scale from zero to 100. Uh, and it tells you, you know, how lucky you are as a person. Lucky in this case means success as well. So lucky is synonymous, synonymous with success. So I, I'd love to hear, Michael, your lucky score. If you can take it and give it to me, that'd be awesome. I definitely will do that. And <laughs> uh, I will send you a note and say, this is what I scored. And I anticipate, if I'm guessing... Again, not looking at the quiz or you know what algorithms are used to score or anything like that. 
I'm guessing it's probably going to be a little bit of a higher score just because mindset and the way that I live my life and you know, create situations where I can be lucky, you know, kind of thing. But so uh, it's, it's on a scale of zero to a hundred. What do you think your score is going to be? I'll be conservative. I'll say 73. Oh, I think it's going to be higher than that. So mine's in the, in the high nineties. So you're going to you be, go. I think you're going to be mid eighties and above. That's my okay. opinion. All right. Well, I will let you know, and I'll, I'll post it in the show note comments too. It's like, by the <laughs> way, Michael's score on this state was this. So you know, I highly encourage uh, people to take that. I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Mark, thank you again for being you, all the awesome work you're doing and, and continue enjoying the Sunshine State. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.